Welcome to Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood, a podcast about that time of life that tends to take us all by surprise. I'm your host, Karen O'Connor. Let's get right into it. First of all, I'd like to introduce Karen Clark. She's here today. I did the most amazing session with her the other night. I've been doing personal development stuff for 20 years. I'm a bit of an addict and I love this kind of stuff. And when Karen said, oh, if I'm going to come on your podcast, how about we have a session together so you can discover the kind of things I'm doing? I'm like, oh, yes, you don't have to ask me twice. <laughs> so we had this amazing session the other night. But one of the really interesting things was Karen's recently become a coach, but she was actually doing this without understanding what she was doing decades ago. She's not that old, a while ago. So Karen, first of all, thank you very much for coming on and welcome. So just tell me, share with me a little bit about what you do, just a really brief version because we'll go into it later, but also that story about how you actually were doing this stuff years ago but didn't realise because I find that fascinating. Thank you, Karen. It's my privilege to be on here with you as it was my privilege and it's always a privilege when I take people through that business blueprint strategy session. It's one of my favourite things to do. It's a complimentary uh, session that I give to people who want to find out more or, for example, you who wanted to um, have me on your podcast And, you know, we both end up feeling up here because we work with the energy and it's all about energy. It really is. We operate at an energetic vibration all the time with our thoughts and our words. It's proven science. This is metaphysics and quantum physics. So what happened, I'll tell you how this happened. And I realized when I became a coach in 2015, I became a certified coach that I was using a lot of the principles, not and tools and techniques, not all of them by any, by any stretch of the imagination. But what really happened when I became a coach is I understood what mindset, transformation, and all of those things actually mean. And so now people say to me, oh, you help, it's all clicked. We've heard you get what you focus on, and we've heard um, all those other sayings about, mindset and yet we didn't really know how to do it and people say that I help them to understand really how to put it into action and actually create the results that you want but the story about me is um, I grew up in a business family so I my market is entrepreneurs and business women mainly in business and I grew up in a family of business and my dad gave me a gift one of the gifts that my dad gave me I used to go to work with him and he had a business actually in the automotive industry as well, which is where I ended up with this other business I was going to tell you about. And I used to go to work from about nine years old with him and pump petrol and check the oil in the cars. And he taught me so much. He taught me to do a a double entry bookkeeping with a great big, huge ledger book with a lot of, which a lot of young people won't have any idea what that means and how to how to um, balance up the till tape so it was like a mechanical till tape and how to analyze it all and put it into all different columns and things like that and he said to me I can I'll never forget this he said to me Karen you can do whatever you want when you grow up you can have your own business if you want to or you can go to university and get a degree in pharmacy and then have your own pharmacy or whatever you want. 
He probably at the time, he had no idea what an amazing gift that was because I grew up with that belief that I could do whatever I wanted. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't think that I don't have the doubt and the things that have held me back over the years and the imposter syndrome and all the those feelings about, well, can I do it? Am I good enough? However, I did have an amazing start. A lot of people don't even have that, that kind of level of belief. And so in 1985, I was married to my husband and we decided that we wanted to have our own business. My husband was an incredible automotive technician, very, very talented with English sports and executive cars, Jaguar, Daimler, MG, Rover, Triumph, all of those cars. And we decided we would start up a boutique workshop renovating English sports and executive cars. And so that's how it started, is that I visualized what this boutique clinic was going to look like. And this is one of the things I coach now, is that you have to start with a really, really crystal clear vision of what it is you want. You've got to know your destination. You've got to know your outcome in specific detail. And so that's what we do is we think in pictures. So I created this vision of this amazing workshop. And what we did was we, we found these premises and this was in New Zealand in Auckland in Newmarket, which is a high socioeconomic area next um, on the border of some of the most wealthy areas, residential areas in Auckland. And we found it and it was just an old, an old industrial building what we did was we painted all the walls white and we painted the floor this high gloss gray paving paint stuff and then I went out there and I got beautiful framed prints of the famous framed prints of Marilyn Monroe because similar era to when all those cars were produced the E-Type Jaguar the Mark 1 and 2 Daimler and Jaguars and all of those classic cars and I put them on the wall, framed prints, Bugattis, all sorts of lovely framed prints, which was really unusual for a workshop, car workshop. You know, in those days, a car workshop was a smelly, dirty place <laughs> and people didn't want to go there. So anyway, we created this business and I created the business card and I created this special introductory letter that looked like it was handwritten and had a whole lot printed, folded the, them all up carefully, stapled the card onto the top right corner, put them in Ziploc zip lock envelopes and walked around finding all these cars on the street and popped them under their windscreen wiper so they were in plastic envelopes so that they wouldn't get wet. And for years we would find those still in people's glove box. They had this letter and they kept it. And so the story I wanted to tell you, it's actually getting really hot in here, is that last year, I'm, I live in Australia now, and last year I went back to New Zealand with my new partner, Johnny, and we went to visit the wife of one of our very first customers. He came to us for the entire, with his car for the entire time that we had that business, which was 25 years. And by the way, there was no chance of that business failing because they say most businesses fail uh, within the first two years. But of course, I had that belief that I could be successful and that I could have a successful business and so it wasn't an option that it might fail, which is interesting, isn't it? So anyway, we went to see the wife of this um, gentleman 
sadly he passed on, but they'd become like friends. And our children, we'd gone and had meals with them and they'd had meals with us and we knew them quite well. And so I took Johnny um, to visit this the wife of this man. And she, she reminded me, she said, I'll never forget the day that Sipko, his name was, they were, they were from Holland or from the Netherlands and they'd first arrived in New Zealand and he'd bought this classic Mark II Jaguar and he, cut, he found us to look after it for him and he went home and she said, I'll never forget, Sipko came home, he was so excited and he said, you won't believe I found somewhere to look after our car and you're not going to believe this, but mechanics wear white overalls. And you see, that's, that was part of the picture, was to make it like a clinic where our guys wore white overalls. And honestly, I used to scrub those overalls every night and soak them in dynamo so that they were always so beautifully clean. My, my husband was a pretty clean mechanic anyway, but that was, that was part of it. And so it's really, really important. This is what I teach people, is that that's one of our first things we do is we create, which is what I did with you, Karen. We create that vision of what it is we love in our lives in detail and specificity, a crystal clear vision so that we can then focus on that and know where we're going because it's all about we have our thoughts create our emotions and feelings which then cause the action that we take which then cause our results. That's one of the formulas for how to create the results that you want. So what made you move from what were you doing before you did life coaching and why did you make that move to life coaching? I was in business. I'd started several different businesses. So I've been a business owner and a founder of several different businesses in varied industries over the last 30 plus years. Because I grew up with that desire to be, have my own business, that's my passion. And so I've been a property developer. I had a business in the beauty industry. I was a special occasion and wedding makeup artist. I did the nails, the sculptured nails and all of that with one of my first businesses and manicures and pedicures and all of that. I had a forex trading business where we connected investors to a forex trader. And so I've done many, many things. Also, we had premises where we were the land, we were the, the lessor of big premises and sublet them out. So I've been a commercial landlord and all sorts of things like that. And throughout the years, especially even this business we had in the automotive industry for 25 years, things changed as they do over that period of time. And it was, in many ways, it was a stressful monkey around our neck, you know. And when I got out of that business in 2010, my husband and I sadly separated and continued to run that business for 12 more years together when we were both separated and it was time for us to both move on and so we actually we actually got out of that business and I I really assessed everything I looked at everything and of course all through the last probably 15 or more years I'd been doing personal development I'd been doing more about business and investment though but there had always been a a portion of the mindset and the personal development and the transformation in each boot camp or seminar or program that I went on and I was always fascinated with that 
area. And it got to the point where I went, my God, this is amazing. I really want to bring this kind of education to to people, to preferably young people in, in their in the early part of their career. And for 10 years, I had that dream. I said, I'm going to create a facility where I'm going to teach people this stuff somehow, but I didn't know how it was going to work. And then um, in 2014, I got introduced to uh, Mary Morrissey and the Life Mastery Institute where I tra- where I achieved my certification. And as soon as I, I met them and saw what Mary Morrissey does, she has studied this work for over 40 years now. She is best friends with people like, was he's passed away, but Wayne Dyer, Bob Proctor. Two of the programs I teach are with Bob Proctor. She's sat with the Dalai Lama. She's done so much. And she teaches us about things like the great masters right back in the 1800s, why this stuff works and what what it all means and, you know, how they used it. And we're no different from any of those people. We're all humans. We're no different from the people who have changed history, who have done things that were impossible at the time. And it's all about our thinking. We, we get brought up in society with a belief that it's about outside circumstances and conditions and we can't do something because of this or because of that and we have all these b causes and it's just not how it works because we allow those b causes to stop us but when we understand that it all comes from in here then it's a whole different ball game i decided that i never wanted to have another traditional business that that was that operated that way I made that decision when I got out of it. I said, that's a, there's a different way of doing things. There's a smart way of doing business now. There's a leveraged way of doing business. And so I was searching for that at that pivotal point where we got out of that business and I was changing my journey really. Yeah. So how is it different now to what it was then? How is, how is your experience of business different? And what is it that you do that is different? I mean, obviously, it's two entirely different industries, but it's, you, there's obviously something you were looking for in changing the business. What was it? I think really to make a difference, really right. to make a difference in people's lives to serve although that was the other thing my dad taught me how to be of service so even in that business I learned how to be of service however I wanted to do more you know I wanted to be of greater service to a greater number of people and it's so so different because now really in those days at the end of that business honestly every time I walked in my heart sank because it was just we were over it we were both over it we'd lost our passion And I really didn't, I really wasn't doing anything that, you know, that I was passionate about then, that all the passion had gone. And so I was looking for something that, as well, my purpose. Like I, over that time, I also did some work on what is my purpose? Why am I here? Why am I here on this earth? Which is so important for people to know. Why are you here on this earth? At this time, with the people around you, you have, every one of us has something to do. We have a job to do. And many of us, once again, we think that we live on this earth to be physically on this earth and to 
to get up in the morning and go to work and earn the money and come home and even look after our families. A lot of women think their purpose, and men, think their purpose is their job, their role as a wife or a mother. The, the men think it's their job as a CEO or a director and that's not who we are and it's not our purpose. You know, and so it's so important to get in touch with our real identity and what our big purpose for being here is because when you learn what that is every day is so important so exciting so valuable because you know that you're working on that your big purpose is something you can never say that's it I've done it mine is for example freedom for humanity I can never say I have done it humanity has freedom however what I do is I help people to have freedom in the fullest sense of the word through my coaching. I help them to have freedom from doubt, from fear, from challenges, from the things that hold them back, plus financial freedom because I help them to improve their, make their businesses more successful. I mean, if they've got a a job, I can help them improve their income, even from their jobs. People don't realise it's all about how we think. I think what you hit on there in that for me, I found myself four years ago, I'd given up doing everything that I enjoyed doing around the business and what have you, because I had four kids, like there's a lot lot of effort there. And so I put myself in this role that I'm not, I'm very good at it, but I don't particularly, it doesn't what can I say? Like it's challenging and everything else, but a lot of parenting is just repetitive, running Mm -hmm. the kids around, tidying up, doing whatever. It's Mm -hmm. not necessarily fulfilling or challenging. It is in the long term. It's not in the immediate now. Mm -hmm. And I found myself because I'd forced myself into that role for so long when that role was coming to an end, I was just like, I Mm -hmm. seriously have no idea what I want what my purpose is, what I'm supposed to do with my life, even what I enjoy doing. And I certainly haven't got the freedom to allow myself to do that because I've forced myself for so long Mm -hmm. to do this other job. And don't get me wrong, I'm glad that I did. And I don't regret it one iota. And it was necessary and I got heaps out of it and all the rest of it. But it wasn't my sole purpose in life and that was what I realized for so long it's what is your purpose I'm a mother my purpose is to raise four children who are going to make a difference in the world yeah and that comes to an end and you're like okay now what (laughs) I don't know yeah this is where so many women where your podcast is directed at this is where so many women find themselves and now even men if they've lost their job been made redundant or their business has gone under then we're seeing both men and women in this situation where they think they've lost who they are. Yeah, and even even for guys, and this is something I thought about years ago, women go through the same thing when the kids are leaving home, but for guys, they might have been just doing this job to feed the family and, and yeah. support the family, and then all of a sudden they don't have to do it. So they're, But they're in exactly the same position, yeah. having been doing something in order to... Mm-hmm. And then when there's a freedom, it's like, well, I don't know what I want to do. Mm. What do I want to do? What can I do? Yeah. Yeah, so it's really important for us to actually get in touch with our real identity because we're actually spiritual beings in a human bodysuit. We're not our bodysuit either. We're spiritual beings. 
And when we start to get in touch with, okay, well, what does that mean? Who, what are my values? What are my beliefs? Are they my beliefs or are they someone else's beliefs that I've adopted or that have been forced upon me? And are they holding me back or do they serve me to move forward? And all of those things that we take for granted. And that's what I get people to challenge as well. And I get people to understand that a belief is not truth. A belief is something that simply something that you've actually usually been adopted or been forced to believe by someone else who has that belief. And it's very much often keeps us in a box and keeps us in uh, a limiting, limiting situation. And so when we start to question all of that and when we start to understand, well, actually, I thought I couldn't do this because of that, but... Can I? Maybe I can. It's like I said to you, all the people who have changed history, they didn't have those beliefs that held them back or they allowed themselves to overcome overcome them. When we were talking the other night and I was talking to somebody else about, you were taught that we take stuff on from other people yeah. and particularly in those those really entrenched beliefs and it can be around gender and what's available around money and what's available Mm -hmm. those are the two really obvious ones Mm. around marriage and equality and all those other stuff those are so entrenched in us that because they're completely generational they've been passed down and it's unspoken Mm -hmm. truths that we just take on board as being that's the way the world is but if we can change those then our opportunity to for what's available transforms completely how do you deal with those kind of beliefs how do you get those out of the way because and I've got to say here one of my big bugbears is when I'm talking to people about money and they go oh we can't do that I haven't got any money it's like oh just get over yourself yeah yeah Yeah, exactly well the first thing we say to people is that that's an outside circumstance which you think is limiting you, but it doesn't work like that. What, what, how it works is that when you make the decision, and we tell a story, when you make, which I won't go into now because we probably don't have time, but when you make the decision to do something and you put the down payment down, right, so you've told the universe, you've told your, your conscious mind and your unconscious mind that you intend to do this, the how shows up. The money will show up when you say, I want to do it, but, and I'm committed, but if you say, oh, I can't afford it, or I don't have the money, or the money's not there, then that's what you get, because we get what we ask for. This is how, this is what I mean by, I really help people to understand what this means, the universal laws, and how it actually works, how we can collaborate with the universe. However, to answer your question about the beliefs Timeline therapy is where we have a person work out where their timeline is. So they imagine uh, the past and the present and the uh, and a, um, a something that happened in the past and in the present and then something in the future. And we work out where their timeline is. So it's going to be something like that. And then uh, we talk to the unconscious mind. So the unconscious mind has a specific language that it understands. So it's actually like a five-year-old child. 
And the unconscious mind and the conscious mind are two different, have two different roles and they do, they do different things. And it's really important when we, when things happen to us and something upsets us right back from even in previous lives, it could be, we make a decision. First of all, we have an emotion and it's a, ne- and a negative a negative emotion. And then from that, we create limiting beliefs. And so with timeline therapy, what we do is we ask to speak to the unconscious and we ask if the conscious if the if it's okay for the person then to communicate to the conscious mind what we discover. And so we in a way we put a people into a slight trance. We're not doing hypnosis, but it is a slight trance. And then we ask the person when it happened. When we go through the five negative emotions, that are the main negative emotions that come from that are caused with every situation and we go through them and what we do is we ask for the learning so we get the person to go way way above the their timeline when this happened when they see it happen they don't have to tell us what it was but the content is not important it's the context and we ask them then to imagine they're looking down on that situation and we ask the unconscious mind to take the learnings and we keep getting the learnings and getting the learnings and getting the learnings because everything that gets sent to us is, is to teach us something. Every, every single situation, every circumstance as humans in this life and souls, our spirit in previous lives and this life, Everything that is sent to us is to teach us something that our spiritual being wants to learn. And so what happens is we allow the person to get to leave the negative emotion and be left with the learnings. And that's how we do it with the limiting belief as well. It's very, very powerful and it's really, really fast. Some of my clients have done all five negative emotions in one one one-hour session and others it's taken a whole hour to do each one. Can you give me an example of some of the, uh, just give, I mean, obviously I don't want you to name anyone or give me details, but just give me a story of of something, an example of something that's happened in those kind of things. What do you mean? Because I get it intellectually but I want to get it. Okay. Um, so, yes, certainly. There, there's an event in someone's life. So it might be from Landmark, because you did Landmark too, didn't you? It could even be as simple as a look. A look by a mother. So, for example, I, when I, I'll give you an example about me. When I was a little, little girl, I can't remember exactly how old I was, but I was probably around five And I learned ballet and we had a recital and I was Jack jump over the, (laughs) what is it? Jack jump over the. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, I know know what I mean. I had this little dance and I came on stage and I did the whole thing to the back of the stage. I faced the wrong way because I haven't got a very good sense of direction. And I did the whole, my whole little recital to the back of the, the stage and then they were trying to tell me, to, my mum was sitting there trying to tell me to turn round, turn round, you're facing the wrong way. And then at the end of it, she told me when I ran off and finished it, and she said, you did the whole thing to the back of the stage. And for me, that was 
that that meant that I made that mean something. I made that mean that I wasn't good enough and that I couldn't learn this thing properly to do it the right way. And so I had that that negative emotion that I carried all the way. And I felt so bad because I'd done it to the back of the stage that I took that negative emotion all the way through my life until I had a timeline therapy session with, you know, my training with one of my other colleagues training. And then they asked me to, and they, they don't know about this, but they just say, when is a time that you decided that you weren't good enough, right? Or that you weren't capable of learning something. And so then my unconscious brings it up and then they ask me, because we're not, we don't, the person we're working with, we don't want them to feel the emotion because they're in it, they can't get away from it. So then they bring you above. And sometimes we have to walk people around a room and get them to look up like this because they can't dissociate from the negative emotion. But on many, many occasions I've done it on Zoom and the people have been able to, which has been fantastic. And so right above it. And so they don't feel the emotion anymore. They're looking down on it. And then we ask the unconscious mind, what was the learning? What was the learning? And people come up with things like, I am lovable. I am good enough. Or I am good. I'm great. I can do anything. Those are the learnings. Even though we got sent there, that's a learning. And so then when people, when we finished with it, People feel quite different. When they think about that situation, they don't, that feeling doesn't come up. Because what happens is when we create a negative emotion attached to an event, then other things trigger that same emotion. And it might be something that's not even nearly as bad, but it can trigger that same emotion and cause the same feelings and the same kind of reaction. There was, there was one story I was told when we were learning this about a woman who got bitten by a black dog, right? And she was terrified after that. She got such a fright by this black dog. And then one day she was at the movies with this new boyfriend and he had a black jacket with a black furry collar on it. And they were in the car with watching those, you know, outdoor movies. And he moved forward to give her a kiss. And she just freaked out because it triggered that same emotion when the dog bit her. And so she just totally overreacted to this poor guy who had leaned forward to give her a kiss or put his arm around her, you see? And neither of them really knew what was going on. And that's how bad it, that's how, you know, much it can affect us. And so what we do is we help people to clear that away. And then we do the five negative emotions, which are anger and sadness. What are the others? Anger, sadness, now I've gone blank. <laughs> Anger, sadness. Guilt, um, shame. Guilt, yeah. Guilt, um, shame, and whatever the other one is. <laughs> and so we, we clear them, but it's always to do with one particular area that we're working with. So it doesn't mean that we've cleared them all for every part of the person's life. It's for that particular challenge that they've come to us for at that time. So they may have another area. So with some people, it might be their business. They have a money problem. 
they feel like they've got something that holds them up all the time from being successful and having prosperity. And it'll be around some decisions. Uh, there's also decisions that we make around money and um, money being evil or money being bad or people being greedy who are wealthy. Or And it's come once again from beliefs that have been instilled in us by something that other people say and the way they say it and the meaning that comes forward is that, oh, no, no, you don't want to be wealthy because wealthy people are, you know. That's one of mine for sure. So how do you break that? Because that kind of doesn't, there's no one event in my life where I remember something like that but it's kind of ingrained and that's the generational thing is it that's a generational belief yeah. or what would you call that it can be it can be something so if you for example had parents or grandparents who had those beliefs mm. then you definitely will have grown up with just taking them on and so how we change it is actually you might not realize, but when we talk to the unconscious and we drill down, just like I did with you for your blueprint strategy session, we drill down in a way where we talk to the unconscious, you discover it. We say to you things like, when did you make this decision about, you know, what was the event in your life? And, and you might say, I don't know. And then I say, well, if you were to know, when would it be? And it's amazing how some of the, I mean, we follow scripts. I still read it. So I don't know it off by heart. I don't know have to because we follow scripts and the wording is very, very important. You know how I said to you, you know, our wording is all energy. Our thoughts are all energy. So this is quantum physics and metaphysics. It's not woo-woo. It is proven science. And they know that every word has an energetic vibration. Every thought has an energetic vibration. And for example, when you're thinking in a negative way or you're thinking about challenges or you're thinking about an argument that you had or you're thinking about something that's just not exactly wonderful, you are, you're definitely operating at a, a lower vibrational energy. And love and gratitude are the two highest energies on the planet. One of the stories I love to talk about is when J.F. Kennedy first came into power in America and he wanted to put a man on the moon. And so he went to the head scientist at NASA. His name was Werner von Braun. And he went to him and he said, tell me what it will take to put a man on the moon and return him to Earth safely this decade. And Werner von Braun's answer was, all it will take is the will to do it. Now, will is one of our six mental faculties that we are given the gifts that we're all given at birth. And people, once again, they don't learn about this. They, we learn about our senses, our five senses, but we don't get taught about our six mental faculties. And what are they, the six mental faculties? So we have our will, we have our imagination, we have our, hang on. <laughs> Sorry, I've dropped you right in it here. And I know these are off by heart, but when you ask me like this, yeah. so we have our, our reason, our memory, our will, our intuition, our imagination, our perception, one, two, 
three, four, five, six. six. Yeah. yeah, those are the six. And you'd see there's many things people don't know about it. For example, you not only have a past memory, but you have a future memory. And the Queen in Alice in Wonderland says, it's a poor memory that only works in one direction. When she said to Alison, what do you remember that what do you remember about tomorrow? Or something like that. She asked her, and Alison went, What? Tomorrow hasn't come. And she said, Well, it's a very poor memory if it only works in one direction. So a lot of even these um, stories and fairy tales and things like that have very special messages in them. So you can you can create your vision and then you have a memory for your future, what it is you want for your future because and you can memorize that feeling and that emotion and that energetic vibration, right? And so you know this because you've done this and I said to you, remember, go around now being the person living that vision. So you're memorizing the future. To carry on my story about will, he said that's all that's required is the will to do it. Now, it's not willpower. This is our will. It's a bit different. All of these mental faculties are a bit different to what you understand. There's also two different kinds of imagination. Anyway, the difference between will and willpower? Well, willpower is when we force ourselves to I think I was just I was just getting the different. I was yeah. just like, ooh, yeah, no, I got it. Yeah. Will pulls you and willpower yeah. is a push, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So Werner von Braun said all that's required is the will to do it. And what he meant was this, was that he never said any of the outside circumstances and conditions that would people would think would stop them because he knew that it's an inside-out world. He knew that that's what was required, to believe they could do it, to have the will to do it. And so actually it's even, the story is told that even there was another scientist, I've just forgotten his name, but they were having a meeting when they, you know, went ahead with it all, decided to go ahead with it all. And this other scientist said, we have to break through the radiation barrier and that's never been done. It's, we can't do it. It's not possible. And so Werner von Braun said to him, he looked at him and he said, if you don't believe that we can break through the radiation barrier, you don't deserve to be on this team. Because he said, I've already done it with love. And he believed that love was is the highest vibration on the planet and anything can be achieved with that. And it's told that he had the word love in every language in the planet all around his office. And of course, you know that he did it. And so this is what I love about this teaching that I do is that we have so many stories about all of the people who have changed history and done things that were impossible at the time. And we're no different. None of us are any different to those people, except that perhaps we've been a bit more conditioned um, by the beliefs in what we call paradigms, where we think it's like we have an operating system, like the computer. Our mind is an operating system and it runs on programs. And our operating system has programs that are very limited. They, that's what has our beliefs in it. And we're taught to think that these things are how it is. We're taught that these programs, uh, with these programs, that's how we operate. And what we want to do is we want to actually change our operating system and reprogram everything. 
it's because it's not what we grew up believing is not how it is. And I have this happen so many times with people when I take them through programs and teach them to look at a different perspective, to understand what really causes our results and to work through things. And not only with timeline therapy and, and NLP to get rid of the um, negative emotions and limiting beliefs and limiting decisions, also the programs that I teach do the same thing or do very similar and really to get people to create a new operating system by which they work. Wow. So I think we're just about finished now. You work with business people in particular. If somebody is just in a bad place right now or they just want to know what the next step forward is, what would you suggest that they do? What would be the thing to do? So I think really to focus on where they want to be. When you're in a bad place, what's happening is you're thinking about all of what you don't want. And the more we think about, see, the universe thinks that our, we place our attention, we have what, where we place our, our attention, our attention is our intention. So if we always, if we're in a bad place, we're thinking about what we don't want, how bad things are, and that's what we get more of. That saying, you get what you focus on, that's what it means, is that whatever you're thinking about, the universe thinks that's what you want. And so the first thing to do is to focus on something different. Focus on where you want to end up. Focus on where you want to go. And so if you can possibly, people can have a strategy session with me. If anyone's in a really bad way, I have a program called Standing Firm While Your World Is Shaking. And I didn't use that until COVID hit. It was in my toolbox. I was taught to teach it, but I'd never taught it. And it's about taking people from a dark place, so it's for people who are in a dark place, through as on the hero's journey to the new beginning. Because we all go through that. If you haven't been through it, you'll be a very unusual person. Most of us have been through it at least once, if not several times in our lives. And what it does is it builds us. At the time, it seems like it's terrible, but when we can change our perspective again and go, this is happening and I'm going to actually get some really good learnings from this and there's going to be a new beginning at the end of it. It helps us to get through it and it helps us to get the lessons and the learnings and, you know, what it is that we, that what is a gift because everything has a gift. Every single situation we're given has a gift, even if it's simply a lesson. Thank you so much, Karen. I really appreciate everything that you've said today. It was wonderful. And the session that I had on Monday, for everybody listening, I'd recommend that you go and do a session with Karen because it was really powerful and really amazing. And all the links to connect with Karen, they'll all be on the webpage that goes with the podcast or the video so you can connect to her through there. But thank you so much. I really appreciate it. We could carry on for another two hours. I reckon there's so much to talk about here. As you were talking, I'm going, no, I don't want to ask her about that. I can't. I'm looking at the tiger. No. I know. Maybe we can come back for another session and, you know, I don't know, sometime later. 
that would be lovely yeah. for sure yes so thank so you so much you're welcome there is a link and instead of offering the link for the strategy session i offered the link for my tip sheet to have a wonderful life which i put together with a number of my colleagues business co uh, coaches and results coaches around the world we put it together but on that you can actually get to book a strategy session so if you go through the link get the tip sheet answer some questions and then go through you'll get to book a strategy session with me as well that's I'm a really great idea for anyone who's brave enough to reach out to me or reach out to Karen because often it takes the willingness to be uncomfortable to it and sometimes even just reaching out to someone like me is a little bit uncomfortable so I really um mean it that if you're brave enough to reach out to me and ask me for a strategy session that strategy session i gave karen and she talked about i would be delighted and privileged to do it thank you thanks for joining us this week on menopause marriage and motherhood make sure you visit our website middleagedwomenstuff.com where you can subscribe to the show in any of the players or via rss so you'll never miss a thing if you liked this show, you might want to check out the webpage, which gives you lots more information about both our host and our guest, along with heaps of other resources. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday and Friday for the next episode. And that's all for this episode. We can't wait to see you next time.